0: Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post-Dispatch, joined by Jim Thomas, back from Calgary, and Tom Timmerman. Glad that JT made it back into our uh, the lower
1: 48 here. Uh, so, JT, goaltending controversy? <laughs> I don't know if there's much of a controversy right now, Jeffrey. I mean, my gosh, it's Ville Husso's net and uh, Jordan Bennington. My, my, my. Uh, you know, he's had slumps the previous two years, but and, and worked his way out of them uh, and, and both the slumps were right around midseason, which is obviously where we're at, we're uh, at right now, but uh, I don't, I don't think anything uh, maybe this deep or, or, or this bad. I mean, uh, almost uh, four and a half goals a game over the last seven games. So uh, uh, Dave Alexander needs some to work some magic on, uh, on Bennington. And, and, and also the thing is the, the slumps last year, and uh, our slump last year and the slump the year before, the midseason slump, the, the Blues really didn't have an alternative. I mean, last year, Huso was, uh, you know, still finding his way. And then the year before, I mean, Jake Allen was he was OK. He was pretty good. But you, you knew he wasn't going to be the guy. Well, the difference this year is Huso's been outstanding. I mean, I, I, his numbers are so good now. I can, I, I, look back. What did Biddington do in the Stanley Cup here and there? They're almost identical. Now, Bennington played more games. his uh his uh stats were over 32 games, but uh uh, uh you know in terms of save percentage and, and uh goals against are very much uh, at a Bennington uh rate from the, the Stanley Cup year. So that's the big difference, is that they they they've got a they've got a hot goalie uh during uh Bennington slump.
2: Yeah, controversy would suggest. Boy, there's a who do we decide to play? And there's really no decision right now as to as to who you're going to play. Um, yeah, I was I was wondering, you know, if the world had worked out differently and and Bennington had been named to the Canadian Olympic team, you know, how how would they be feeling right now, watching <laughs> him go through the struggles he's going to, knowing he was going to be uh, one of their three goalies uh, in Beijing? That was that probably would not have been a uh, a well-received uh, thing north of the uh, north of the border. But yeah, I mean, right now. There's no choice, but to, I mean, who so is playing so well, you, know, you got to play him again and again. And, you know, Biddington's going to have some time, you know, we're, we're about to hit the all-star break. There's going to be a 10 days off. Um, you know, we'll, I would be surprised if he plays before the all-star game and then you know, we'll see what happens when they come back.
0: Well, yeah. And that's a challenge uh, JT because um In the next month, the Blues just play a couple of games, really. And uh, it's hard to work your way back uh, just practicing. And now this game in Calgary is stuck on him. And potentially that game in Calgary could stick on him for weeks. So, I mean, I'm trying to imagine how how hard that's got to be mentally, knowing that, you know, if you're a goaltender, you want to get back out there and stop some pucks. but. But man, it could be it could be March before he sees any significant playing time.
1: Yeah, and and uh, even if he was going good, there there's a uh, I guess a uh, a fine skill to being able to play when you're the backup goalie and maybe you only play uh, uh, once every other week or something like that. And and I think Bennington has shown he's a guy he thrives he, uh, on work he he wants the net and. Uh, uh, Even before now, I mean, I I think when he he, when he had come back between the Christmas postponement and remember Bennington had COVID, he'd only played about once in a month. So he hadn't played a whole lot anyway. Now you're going to, as you say, put him on ice a little bit more. Another thing to look at, and I don't know if there's anything to it. All of this started once he came off the COVID list. Now, he said, uh, he didn't that he didn't have uh, uh, heavy symptoms that he had mild symptoms, but you 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 just wonder if that uh, had any effect on on what's going on now. At least the uh, the start of it. Yeah, I say the one thing that
2: that may be able to, for them to get Bennington some games is you look at that February schedule and there are some bad teams on there, and they say you know we can play him against Buffalo, we can play him against Ottawa or Montreal, you know or Chicago. I mean, we can put him out there against those teams, and the risk is lower uh, that we don't need Huso in those. But yeah, they don't have back-to-backs until till the beginning of March, so the games are spread out. So, but maybe they can, you know, they can, you know, okay, we'll play them against Philadelphia. Who can lose to Philadelphia? So maybe that works in his favor. <laughs> well, yeah, speaking
0: of ugly, and boy, Philly uh, could be a topic for later in the the podcast because. You know, I, 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 th- I think it's just a curse of Yoriela Tara, but we'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, so JT, so what the hell happened there in Calgary? I mean, I know they didn't play well in Vancouver at all and who's and still stolen the points, but you would think they'd come back with something against Calgary, but no, they had nothing,
1: JT, nothing. Was it just me or did Calgary look like they were twice as large as the, the blues that, that for starters, maybe it's the, maybe it's the red uniforms. See, uh, uh you know' it's, it's not exactly a, a slenderizing look i wouldn't I wouldn't think but uh uh yeah they look tired they they looked heavy legged it was uh their fourth game in uh in uh, uh three days and uh they they've they've done that but not not for a while they they haven't really had a condensed schedule but so you go out there maybe you're kind of tired in that first goal, my gosh, you' if you're a player, you're probably, thinking, oh my God, here goes Jordan again because that, that first goal, you know you, you just have to you just have to stop it. but uh, you know the, the blues have been though they've been incredibly consistent this year. you know and I, I pointed some of, some of that out in, in uh, my uh, uh, blues at the midpoint story today. I mean they they only uh, scored one goal, for example in or, or fewer than two goals in in three games all season before that their, their worst losses, uh, un, until, uh, Monday were, uh, uh, four to one o- only by three goals that happened twice. And at least in one of them, I think it's Anaheim. There was a late, uh, uh empty net or the, the, the penalty kill unit had been con- con- incredibly, uh, consistent. I think, uh, uh, that was only the fourth game where they'd given up as many as two power play goals uh, in a game, but, uh, boy, when they, when they had a clunker, they really had a, uh, they really had a clunker. So in, in the grand scheme of things, I'm not too concerned about it. But, you know, it was it was just a bad game. But uh, you just don't want the bad habits that seem like they, they that started in Vancouver. You don't want them to, to, to keep going, moving, uh, moving forward. Yeah,
2: they've had way more good games than bad games uh, this season. But um, – and they didn't lose – you know, the things that have gotten them, the wins – other than the goaltending that wasn't there, um, you, know, you know, it wasn't that they were missing shots. They weren't taking shots. So I think if they get back to the, the, the fundamentals, which should be doable, um, they, can, they can write this. And I think it's made to order that you get Calgary again. Uh, I mean, that, that, you know, if anything is going to drive home messages, you know, and, and I think you see a game like Vancouver where you played poorly, but won, and that always obscures the bad things you did. But when you played poorly and get hammered, I mean, that, that makes it easy for everyone to just, you know, take a slap in the face and get back out there.
0: Speaking of getting slapped in the face, a guy that had uh, probably <laughs> contusions, bruises, and, and whatnot, because uh, he could not get out of his own way uh, or, or get off the ice without allowing a goal, and that's our boy Nico. Um, I, I got, I'm not worried about him because he's played a lot of hockey. You know, he's played it internationally. He's, he played a lot before he came to the NHL and the AHL um he, he's been around the block he's not a kid but uh but you don't you don't want a defenseman losing confidence and starting getting and getting skittish out there oh, And i was a smart move by the chief just uh just to call off the jam and get him out of there
1: you know not, not let him suffer anymore there, there are probably about 10 others that he that he could have done the same <laughs> thing with but then it would have been tough to uh to, to to make those uh line changes but uh oh my gosh that uh that last goal, late late in the second period, Johnny Goodrow uh, just makes makes uh, Nico look like a, a pylon, a con- concrete pylon. I might add, it just zips zips right around him. That was not pretty, and that that's probably what uh, what uh, made the decision for Chief. Let's let's just get him out of there. Yeah, you just hope again. Although, yeah, he's been around for a while. He's he's inexperienced in the NHL, but still, but he's been around for a while. Uh, you just hope it, you know, this doesn't scar him and, and ruin his confidence because he he had played so well, you know, since he uh, since he re-entered the, the the lineup and his minutes were way up, uh, you know, almost twenty minutes a game and and uh, uh, Baruby really trusting him, you know, with uh, with a bigger role with more minutes and uh, again I think he's the he's the key guy. If you think Mikkel is a top four guy, you you keep going. Maybe you don't make a trade. If you if you're still wondering about him, uh then then maybe you uh uh you, you do something. But uh yeah, yeah, you yeah, you yeah, hope uh you hope he just bounces, gets right back on the horse and gets going.
2: His last three shifts that he played in that game all ended in Calgary goals. So that's uh that's 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 a time when you say, okay, maybe, maybe you know <laughs> the, this is a this is a trend that is heading in not a direction that we like. So though though the third period you had to know that Calgary was just gonna skate for 20 minutes and, and really that the the pressures would uh, his goal scoring chances would not be as intense there. But um, yeah, you know, and how do how do how do the Blues treat him in this next game? Do they say we will we try Jake Wallman or if Perunovic is healthy? We give him a day a game off to think about it. Or, you know, do we do we put him back in there figuring this is Nico Mikola and we're investing in him and we're going to uh, see how it goes. So, you know, the blues do have the, the Wallman option there. And um, maybe someday they'll have the Perunovic option. Yeah. And I
0: want to talk some more about the defensive core at the, uh, at the halfway point. And um, so, so, so yeah, let's start with that. Is this, uh, you know, not having options really uh, is, uh, there's so many options up front. There's so many combinations that uh, the chief can do with his forwards. He's got such a nice surplus, you know, just about everybody come up from uh, from the HL has contributed in good way. So just an abundance of riches up front, defensively, the options are more limited. Uh, Wallman certainly has played himself to the perimeter, or at least in the minds of the coaches. Um, but I'm intrigued by, you know, what, what the group, what could Perunovic bring back to the group if he can get back on the ice and um, knowing that he'll certainly by March, when they start playing a lot of games, you'd expect to see him by then. I'm not sure what's going on, but, um, still kind of wondering about, you know, his role and, and what can be done with the current group of defensemen as,
1: as the sits today to, to try to get a little higher level of performance. Well, the Pareco puzzle uh, continues. And uh, uh, what was he? Minus, minus four. Yeah. Uh, Colton, you don't need to slide so much. I mean, that, that was, uh, I mean, he slid like five minutes too early on that, on that play, on a play that didn't need to be uh, where he didn't need to be sliding. Seems like he's in that habit of backing in. Now I know for all of his talents, he's a big guy. The smaller, quicker guys laterally can give him trouble. It's just a a matter of, uh, of, of his size, but still, I, I think he's, he still backs in uh, too much. He does a lot of good things. You know, he, 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 he blocks shots. He has good reach, but, but Pareko has, he, he's, he, he's gotta, he's gotta play uh, better, uh, Scandella. I think, uh, has has stabilized i think he's been very good on the pk really most most of the year uh you know he get he can get beat wide so he's got to guard against that he's got to, you know he he's cut down on kind of the bonehead passes in his own zone but he, he's physical uh Falk has been i think second year in a row he's been their best defenseman and krug is uh uh he's been he's been pretty good defensively i think so uh that, that's kind of you know and bortuzo is what he is I mean uh uh athletically he has limitations but I think you need his element there but yeah I Perunovic and, and I think it's a natural thing I think he's he just kind of lost his confidence he was playing with so much confidence those first you know six to five six ten games when when he came up and uh, quick puck decisions uh great passes and that that's that's all kind of disappeared so you can obviously get it back but uh Yeah, if he enters the lineup, who leaves, and 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 what are you losing if he's in the lineup? So it, it looks like they're committed to to keeping eight guys. Walden, uh, you know, I I guess they think he he's going to get claimed if uh, they put him on waivers. I I don't see it, but uh, it it's just kind of a, a strange situation uh, with keeping eight guys right now.
2: Yeah, so. Um... Yeah, I mean, Perunovic is, you know, or well, Perunovic, you know, gives, gives them a decision to make. And we always thought that this, with, when faced with a choice, okay, Scandela is coming out, now is, would Scandela still be the guy that comes out when they have the full set? Uh, does Bortuzzo come out? But you get, you've get you gotten consistency out of Bortuzzo. You know, Pareko is struggling so much, but God, it's hard to see them taking Pareko out. I mean, he had the good fortune not to be on the ice for that last goal. Krug had come on for him, so he avoided being a minus five against Calgary. But um, you know, obviously, Krug and Falk aren't coming out, so how, I don't know how that's going to sort out. And and Wallman has now entered Nate Prosser territory, where he's just going to be, you know, perennial healthy scratch. And so, you know, I mean, that's got to be that's got to be the club: Brad Hunt, Nate Prosser, and now Jake Wallman, of guys who just are going to be, you know, just scratched every game. I'm not sure, you know, because they, they do seem almost locked into those six. When Perunovic is back, he, you know, we may not know he's back for a while just because he may be getting scratched for a while because I don't know who they're going to take out. But, yeah, Pareko's numbers are not good this year. You know, his, you know, how opposing teams do with him on the ice is really not the kind of thing you'd like to see from a, a defensive player.
0: When I look at the uh, the marketplace and kind of did a check on that marketplace here recently uh, on the trademark and trade deadline is, you know, nearly two months away. I know there's going to be a lot of chit chat with the GMs because they won't have a lot else to do in February uh, with the Olympic break turning into the makeup game break and a lot of teams playing here and there, uh, but not all that often. Um, you know, just a couple of guys jump out I mean, everybody's going to be bidding on uh, Ben venture of Montreal there that, Defensive minded guy, kind of physical, did had a good playoff last year. Montreal's dead in the water, as we saw again. Um, they would probably take Jake Wallman uh, in a in a rent, you know, for a rental player. And that would alleviate the, the log jam that the, the team has. And maybe Calvin DeHaan of Chicago, because that team is also uh, you know, seriously looking at completely starting over. I and mean, those are rental guys, third pairing type guys that seems like the more likely target JT for, for Doug, than trying to make a home run play for a guy like uh, the much discussed uh, uh, Jacob Chikrin because uh, LA the Rangers. Some other teams may be making a stronger play there, but there are going to be some guys out there that the team can pursue. Uh, but uh, that deadline's almost, you know, like I said, almost two months away.
1: Yeah. He's got plenty of time to work the phones. What about John Klingberg? I mean, reportedly he wants to be traded. Uh, have you heard anything more on that, Jeff? I mean, I, 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 he would be a guy that 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 I would like, and and but and the other thing maybe before uh, you answer that is we we know it's got to be a hockey trade. It's got to basically it's got to be NHL player for player because of the Blues cap system. It's not like they can necessarily uh, 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 send uh, draft picks their way. So you, you you're going to have to give up some offense, I would think.
0: Yeah, as far as you know, Klingberg. I mean, he he's another offensive guy. I think you've got plenty of that. I mean, clearly he's. I, I kind of poo pooed him because he's been a more of a one dimensional rich man's uh, Keith Yandel. Um, I think he'd help a team that needs some offense back there. That's not what the team needs. You know, Nick Letty's another guy, a puck mover, solid player. Sort of suggests he could be a Carl Gunnarsson type at this point in his career. But I'm thinking still more along the more physical uh, ruffian type guys, uh, more chief type guys. uh, Tom and um, it's not a great group, and and I guess it's going to have to be a team that keeps some money or is willing to, to. to help you manage your cap situation
2: yeah and you know you look at the the eastern conference standings and there are so many teams that are just out of it i mean that you in the east you pretty much know who's in the playoffs so some of these teams they they don't have any reason to to hang on you you know montreal doesn't need to wait for the deadline to know gosh are we going to be in it then they're not going to be in it so (laughs) these teams might as well start moving guys now i mean dallas would still be saying you know we can still we can get into this race and you know, do, do they want to trade Flingberg within the division? Is that going to factor in same with DeHaan in Chicago? It's like, do you, do you just want to be seeing this guy on a regular basis, um, you know, playing the teams you're trying to get into? But I, I think those Eastern Conference teams, um, heck, you know, why wait? You know, if they can get stuff now, go for it.
0: Um, JT, one guy I would not get, and I, I kind of dumped on him as well, and uh, Rasmus uh so, you know, here's a guy that hits everybody, right? He's a big dude. Uh, he hits everybody. You know, he's had a history of putting up some points in the power play when when allowed to play in the power play. Uh, the, the problem, JT, and this is this goes for some of the other guys in the marketplace, is that when he's on the ice, the other team has a really good chance of scoring. And everybody in the world knew that. And yet uh, the Flyers went out and spent a big price to get him and only to find out that when he's on the ice, the other teams tend to score, which has proved problematic for a team that's now winless in 13. Uh, JT, I mean, I, I, I look at the Flyers. I want to pick on them a little bit. Uh, is, was Go for this it, the Jeff. Go. Of, was this the curse of Yori Laterra? Once they made that move, once they opened up the crypt and, 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 and unleashed the ghost of Yori Laterra, was that it for the Flyers? Will they ever be relevant again? And can we blame it all on Yori Latera?
1: I say blame it all on him. What's the curse of Buffalo? Is it the curse of Patrick Berglund, Or were they already cursed? <laughs> It might've already been think the whole city in
0: sports is cursed.
1: Yeah. But, uh, it's beautiful there in August. I mean, they have a nice maybe three, four weeks of, uh, kind of summer there, but uh, I've been there for, you know, a couple of preseason games, but yeah, it, it, it always helps to, uh, uh, in, in, in the case of Ristol, you know, if you're a defenseman, it always helps to maybe play some, play some defense. So, uh, one thing about armstrong he he kind of lets the team make the decision for him and and so in terms of how they play and uh if if he thinks this if, if this group plays pretty well defensively over this final uh almost two months uh he may just stand pat that'll they'll, they'll kind of help him make the decision i'm not saying he's 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 sitting back and, and and just watching. I mean, I'm sure he's he's talking to people. He's working the phones. He's checking things out because the, that that that's that's what he does. But uh, boy, it's, it's it's a long time to, to March 21st. I mean, it's not the third week of February this year. It's a long time till March 21st. So uh, I think we'll have a lot of speculation between now and then.
2: And, and it's all going to hover around defensemen. That's going to be. Uh, that that's going to be where we are, you know, talking about Philadelphia, what is this? Does, does Mike Yo ever get another coaching chance after this? I mean, you know, you can do, you know, you can be a stopgap interim coach and stop the bleeding is the bleeding has not stopped in Philadelphia. And you wonder how, if that's going to, what that's going to do for, for Mike's uh, future here as a, as a head coach, you know, and there's not a
0: JT, there may not be a nicer guy. And a guy that you really wanted to see do well, because you know, God bless him, he worked his butt off. He's a good hockey guy. Um, you know, I, I think he was a stand-up guy are got at the end. He kind of was scrambling for answers, which which is what happens in coaching. But uh, you know, it, this whole story in Philly reminds you reminds you just how bad things can go, and that you can't take success for granted. Um, they've got a lot of really good players. You know, never mind and That was a mistake. Yandel, only a moron brings that guy in because he was <laughs> dead in the water. Uh, Coach Q wanted him off the ice, but that stupid uh, games played streak kept his – forced him to keep playing the guy. Uh, he's useless. Um, you know, it, it, one mistake after another there. I am not you know, Chuck Fletcher gets canned in, in with the Wild and lands on his feet and keeps making mistakes like Ken Holland. Um, I, it just makes you appreciate the Blues. I mean, like you say, this team's been just sort of very machine-like the first half of the season, and there's been some spectacular failure around the league which reminds you that, you know, you just can't assume because you have good players that you're going to win games.
1: No, no. I'm the, the old uh, uh, chemistry uh, cliche. It's, it's, it's really, uh, it's really true in hockey. And I think maybe even more than, uh, than football I've kind of come to uh, discover, but uh, yes, Tommy says there, there are a lot of, there are a lot of bad teams in this league. And uh, I, uh, again, we've said this before at the net front, I, I have a deep appreciation for teams that can actually walk and chew gum at the same time, because I, I covered one that for the majority, there were some brilliant exceptions, very brilliant exceptions, but for a majority of the time, they, they, they seemed incapable of, of uh, walking and chewing gum at the same time.
2: Yeah. And the blues seem to have, been, have mastered recently, just transitioning from one from the, the Petrangelo Stanley cup group into another solid group. Uh, and Armstrong has done a good job uh, of, of keeping that going here over the, over the past few years.
0: Now the, the challenge JT, the flip side is if you look at the Western conference, um, the avalanche, they don't have quit losing. Uh, they're getting both goaltenders are playing well. I mean, maybe you don't trust either of them in the playoffs, but they're both playing really well. They've got a stupid amount of talent. Kale McCarr is just absurd mm-hmm. what he does. It's just insane. He, he's he might be better. He might have be more impactful right now than Connor McDavid because McDavid's just kind of thrown up his hands in Edmonton wondering when Ken Holland's going to fix that mess. Um, but uh, then you look at Minnesota, which has got tremendous chemistry, and I, they keep fooling me because I keep looking at some of those guys and wondering how they're doing it besides uh, uh, Kirill the Thrill. And they've got great chemistry. They're racking up wins. And then Vegas with all these guys out. I mean, constant barrage of injuries. They can keep Eichel in the fridge. I get Pacioretty may maybe coming back here soon. Martinez may be coming back. Uh, Stone's been in and out. I mean, it's just, and yet they just keep racking up wins. Um, man, the, the bar is very high at the top of the Western Conference, and I guess that's the challenge for Doug as he looks. It's great. The team's been winning. It's been consistent. But, man, you look at who they're going to have to play in the playoffs to get out of this side of the league, and it is, uh, there's, there, there's, a, there's a, a couple of teams
1: just playing elite hockey. Did you say fridge for Eichel? Are they actually keeping him in a refrigerator? Yeah, or? I think it's
0: a, it's, the, they got a extra space at the coroner's office. They're just kind
1: of keeping him over in the, over on the side. And then when he's ready to go, they just put him in the microwave maybe for what, 30 seconds and, and, and off yeah. Yeah. Okay. He'll, he'll
0: suddenly be ready to play. He'll be healthy the minute they create cap space. In the meantime, you see he's still rehabbing.
1: <laughs> well, and and doug armstrong said this weeks ago i mean it's it's it's, it's colorado's division it's you know probably colorado's uh, conference uh uh vegas has maybe not played as well with all the stuff that's happened to them as the uh as the blues have the blues ought to have a high level of confidence against uh, minnesota because they they uh what were they they were like i think five one and two or six one and one something like that against them last year and they were up uh what was it, six one, six two in the winter classic before the blues got a little disinterested in the in the uh third period. But uh yeah, uh, there there is a lot in the West to think about. But you know, as uh as uh Barubi said, it's all about playing well in the spring. I mean, the blues are playing well in the spring when it counts. Uh perhaps uh maybe Colorado won't be and Maybe you can make you can make something happen, but it, yeah, it's all about the spring. And, you know, as I think about why Berube doesn't have a contract, maybe maybe the Blues want to see a better performance in the uh, in the playoffs. I mean, they, they've they haven't been good at all. The playoffs the last two years and as as much fun as the regular season is, we know it's it's it's, it's all about what's going to happen in uh, in May and June.
2: So, you know, and this is looking down the road, but there's a big incentive to finish second or third in the Central Division <laughs> for the Blues. Because then you'll get Minnesota or Nashville. If you finish fourth, since the wild card's probably coming from the Central, you're either if you're fourth or fifth, you're either going to get Colorado or Vegas, probably in the first round. And that's you know just maybe not the situation you want to start with if you're looking for a good postseason run. So yeah, getting second or third and getting one of those other teams in the first round would be uh, something that would, that would help. Let someone else try to knock off one of these other teams first before you have to take them on. You know, you guys talk about the the
0: chief and if you're, if I'm looking around for a team that could use a coach uh, for next year and, and there's going to be several, but, and I don't know where the flyer upper echelon is right now in terms of being nostalgic. It it sounds like from what Bob Clark was saying, maybe not as nostalgic as it needs to be, but uh, boy, the chief, I mean, yeah, the, right now the Flyers aren't worried about the Chiefs' postseason record. They're trying not to lose every single game they play. So I think there might be some landing spots. You know, if this thing gets to this point, you know, two things will be interesting, right, JT? One, um, you know, will the Chief, Chief will have other options if the Blues somehow decide not to sign them or drag their feet. And the other guy is uh, the, every Blues fan, especially some that work in our department, are concerned about is uh, Vili Husso. I mean, the stock's rising. I mean, does does Doug yeah. try to get this guy signed, um, ASAP, or does the Huso camp play it out and uh, and and see if he can't get stupid money in the market?
1: Boy, who could it be in our sports department that's uh, worried about Huso? Well, we'll maybe we'll leave that for a future. Uh, we net kid because we yeah.
0: care. We we, we kid because we and there's and there's more than one around the building. There's like, oh my god, you are gonna lose Huso.
1: And they could based on uh based on what a dozen starts but uh yeah I, yeah I don't know what you do if you if you're huso obviously he's in a uh, he's in a great position uh yeah if i if i were if i were doug armstrong uh i i, I might be uh you know talking to to Huso's representatives just to see what you can uh what what you can do but uh yeah that that that's something that maybe we didn't think uh uh too much about but uh, it seems like it's uh, becoming a more and more relevant question that that's for sure. Yeah. We looked at this as like a
2: contract push because Hofer and Ellis were going to be pushing who and he was going to be expendable. If, if, if the, if he didn't do it, well, he's done it. And now I don't see any reason for who to, to sign a deal. He's unless he, unless he's envisioning dropping off, unless he thinks this isn't going to last, but if he does play it out and see at the, at the end of the year, Someone can throw money at you and you can be the number one goalie because it's going to be hard to be the number one goalie in St. Louis with with the Bennington situation. I mean, it's, you know, unless he's going to be a six million dollar backup, um, you know, he's going to be the guy. Um, so that's going to be a tough decision you know, for the Blues. But I mean, for so he's you know, why sign, you know, get them get, you know, there's going to be money waiting for him
0: unless, like you said, uh, Tom, he's in his deep in his heart, he says, oh, this isn't going to last,
1: you know,
0: you know, I, you know, I, I this is, I mean, this is, I, I'm, this is a miracle that I'm stopping some of these pucks. They're just, I have no idea what's going on out here, but he doesn't seem to project that sort of uh, lack of confidence. In fact, just the opposite. He looks like he's been doing this for a long time at the NHL level. He's just very calm and, and compact. So, all right, last thing on the net front, as we look forward to the second half of the season, which will be a bit of a slow a slow startup to the second half of the season with some plenty of uh, days off in February. Um, player on the spot. Now we've talked a lot about Bennington, but there's Huso, um, who's, who stepped in nicely. So really, it's like, okay, well, we'll just move on, at least for the time being. Player on the spot. Is it is it Colton Pareko, JT?
1: If you if you're, yeah, if you're not going to say Bennington, especially as you point out, you just play Huso more. Uh, yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be Pareko, I would say for all the reasons that, uh, that we've talked about, he's, he's just got to somehow he's, he's, he's got to be better.
2: Yeah. A while ago, we might've said brain Shen needs to do it, but Shen has come back from uh, his injuries. That is doing quite well. And um, yeah, the uh, uh, Pareko needs to, needs to do it. I mean, and you know, in some ways, all of the defense needs to do it. Scandella needs to do it uh, because he has, has been the you know, the whipping boy for a while now, but it it made it made transfer over to Pareco. Um, yeah, just the guys who you know. Defensively is where that's gonna is we're going to see that because the offensive guys are scoring goals, so it's going to come down to the defense doing better.
0: You know, coming into the season, we would have said uh, ninety one was on the spot, but that lasted maybe ten minutes, <laughs> and uh, then then it was all good. Uh, JT, there are people around the league that still expect the Blues to at least uh, listen on on Vlad because you know he's still, I think, a fresh start, uh, and another contract elsewhere might still be in his mind. But gosh, can you can you know what could possibly entice uh, Doug Armstrong to do something in season based on how well Vlad's played? I don't
1: think I don't think he'd do it unless it's he's so desperate for a defenseman that an opportunity arises, but. As a contending team, I, I don't think you do it the uh uh this season. And and it it's it it's it's interesting. Uh 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 Armstrong has said that he wasn't gonna sell 10 cents on the dollar in in, in terms of uh Tarasenko back in in uh the offseason when when nobody wanted him. Uh, now I think he's probably closer to a dollar for a dollar, maybe at least like 95 cents for the dollar on Tarasenko. So if he does it, I, you would think he'd get a good return, but I, I, I don't think you mess with it right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, what's the what's the history of contending teams trading away one of their top offensive players, you know, in season? You know, like even with the year the Blues traded Stastny, they were on the periphery of things. They were going to make the playoffs, but they, they weren't looking good. The the blues, you know, do look good. So yeah, that would be that would be a, a tough trade to give up. And you would think that any deal you'd make would be, you know, would be there in the off season. Um, and if you, but if you, if you, if and with if you trade Tar- Tarasenko, I mean, that's a commodity. You should be able to get something substantial, more than a rental back for him, even though he's going to be a rental, but someone with some maybe term. And, and then do the Blues, what do the Blues do if they've got now like a, another defenseman who's got years to go? I mean, they've already got three guys they're locked into for a long time. You know, they, they need a, you know, and Scandella for a couple more years. I mean, they're, they're going to have more defensemen than they, you know, know what to do with and very little mobility on these guys. So I don't know what, uh, I don't see the need to trade him right there unless you can make other moves to free up that situation.
0: Yeah, and I, I just don't know that there's a, you know, really it has to be a, to me a, a top pairing defenseman who's ex- an excellent defensive player that would be available because those guys are, those commodities are so rare that it'd be hard to fetch something like that, which would be the only consideration uh, to make a deal. But like Tom says, you know, then you're you, now you're, you're getting a guy you're committed to. So this is going to be your defensive core. You better not make a mistake if you do that, you make that sort of commitment. Well, that's it for this edition of the Netfront Presence. We uh, appreciate you listening. Tell your friends about us and uh, continue to look for us on the website and in your favorite podcast app. Uh, until then, a reminder: Hey, uh, those digital subscriptions look even better now that our website's been redesigned as a nice, nice feel to it. Uh, works very nicely on the phone app as well. We appreciate all the support out there. Those supporting local journalism. Until next time, for Jim Thomas. Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. See ya!